This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Money Pit is presented by Quick Crete's Recap and Home Advisor. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And what are you working on as we roll towards the end of summer? There must be a project or two on your to-do list because that's why we are here to help you get those jobs done. If there's a project you'd like to tackle, you don't know where to start, you don't know if you should do it yourself or go with a pro, if you're stuck in the middle, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. We'd love to help get you going again. Coming up on today's show, you know, Leslie, I was talking to a friend this week who told me that he and his wife were planning to replace their concrete driveway with asphalt, which, Hmm. I mean, they're both nice driveways, but let's face it, I think concrete driveways are a lot nicer than asphalt. And so I was kind of wondering why he was going to do that. And he said that the surface was worn, it was pitted, and he kind of got tired of looking at it. So I gave him a driveway solution that he totally didn't expect, and now he's keeping the driveway. It looks fantastic. And I'll tell you what did the trick in just a bit. All right. Can't wait to hear it. And guys, you know, kitchens are the one place in your house where most of us really do spend an awful lot of time. But if you ever feel like your kitchen cabinets are dated, drab, even dull, it may not always be your favorite room to be in. Well, the good news is that there are options for getting a new look without breaking the bank. Kitchen cabinets can be replaced, refaced, or just refinished. We're going to help you sort out those options. And now that we've reached September, it's a good time to take a good look at your gutters. They are key to more than just keeping water from overflowing. If yours are in bad shape, there are a few serious structural problems that can result. All right. But first, guys, we want to know what you are working on. How can we help you get ready for the fall season and, of course, the winter behind it? We want your money pits to be in top shape as everything starts to cool down. So give us a call. 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to the phones. Leslie, who's first? Hi, Fred. Welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a standard toilet. Uh, house is built in 29, so it's, what, 80 years old? Uh, it's the type where the tank hangs on the wall, and then you have an L, and then you have, I guess, you, what do you call that, the bowl? And it started to leak, and so, you know, the... The old metal was pretty corroded and everything, so we took everything out. We took the tank off the wall. We clean, I say we, the plumber, who I've been using for many years, cleaned everything up, uh, went 
the hardware store that handles these kind of fittings, and and we just cannot get this thing to work. It leaks. Where does it leak? Does it leak at the, where at the base of the tank where the pipe connects? In both, yeah. Well, one time we did it, it leaked at the bottom of the tank. The other time it leaked when it went into the bowl. What kind of a washer are you using, or what kind of a gasket or seal are you using in those two places? Well, I don't know the technical names of it. You know, the the guy at the uh, they they look like the same stuff we took off. You know, I'm I'm a musician. I don't I'm not helping these things. Well, it, this shouldn't be that hard to accomplish, and it sounds like whatever they're using in that gasket space right there is not working. And look, if all else fails, you can simply use silicone here. You could apply the silicone in as you put this together. You could you seal all of those joints in silicone. Let it dry. Try not to touch it until it dries, and then you can take a razor blade and cut off the excess nice and neat, and essentially make your own gasket. Yeah, the plumber mentioned something. He said the only thing is, if that thing fails and I'm not home, I'm going to have a house full of water. That's true, but the thing is, it if it once it works, it usually works you know continuously. It, it's not. It doesn't usually fail. If you get it right, it's not going to fail. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, in other words, unless I can see some chips or damage on the porcelain or something like that, which I don't see, it, it should work. But I would take it apart, and I would seal with silicone each connection as it goes together so that you end up with a good compression of silicone around that. That's the solution. Okay? Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, 
fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Stephanie in California is having a heating and cooling issue. Well, specifically a cooling issue in the bedroom. What's going on? Oh, we don't know. Right now, we live in a four-bedroom house. Every room in the house except for the master bedroom gets cool in the summer. We have not done a winter yet. Uh, yet. This bedroom, the master bedroom, is at least five to seven degrees warmer than any part of the house. Okay, well, there could be a number of reasons for that. First of all, what side of the house is it on? Uh, it would be on the south side of the house. The more sun, you know, the more cooling you need. So it's not unusual for a room on the south or the west side to need more cooling power. So let's talk about what you could do to try to improve this. First of all, I would check the airflow at the registers to make sure you're getting good airflow at all of the AC registers. In some cases, systems can be balanced so that they supply more air to one room and less air to another. Just as important is to check the return register, Stephanie, because not only do you have to push cold air into the room, you have to pull the air back so it can be recooled. If you don't have a return in the bedroom itself, it's going to be a central return, like in the hallway, perhaps outside of the bedroom. If that's the case, you want to make sure that when you close the door of the bedroom, that there's at least a one-inch gap under the door, because that's how the air gets pulled back and, again, recirculated. Other things that you can do would be to increase insulation over this particular room. So if there's an attic access above, for example, you could double up the insulation over that, uh, and that would also help to keep it cooler. So I would speak with your HVAC professional initially to try to get the balance working a little bit better. And then if that doesn't work, think about adding some additional insulation. And if that doesn't work at all, the other thing you could do is you could add supplemental cooling to that. I have a room, for example, in my house where I have a split ductless system because it happens to be on the west side in my case and it overheats. It's far away from the air conditioning system supply. And so I never quite get enough cooling air into this one room to make it comfortable. So we have a split ductless system in there that supplements it. So those are all good options to help even out the temperature of that room in the house. Stephanie, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now I've got James in Massachusetts on the line who's having an issue with an unruly couch. What's going on, James? About 20 years ago, I bought a beautiful wooden couch, uh, stained uh, a nice dark walnut color. Uh, and where you sit on it was cushions that were covered in a, a fabric. Were they loose cushions or were they attached to the frame? They were not attached to the frame. They were loose. Uh, the frame is is quite beautiful. You walk all the way around the couch. It's, it's probably best seen from behind where you can see the structure of the wood. It's it's a very nice couch. But after about 16 years, the, uh, the cushion fabric wore out, so I had this brilliant idea that I was going to cover the cushions 
in a faux leather. And now four years on, I find that the cushions stick to the wood. Uh, somehow the, the faux leather, naugahyde, whatever it might be, is leaching the stain right out of the wood. Uh, it's, the rest of the wood, where the cushions don't touch it, is still as beautiful as it ever was. But where the cushions touch it, now it is all tacky. Uh, it does not transfer onto the cushions themselves. I can touch the cushions, and they do not feel sticky. Is there a solution besides taking this thing down to bare wood? It's possible, and that's probably because of the same reason you'd see it in the kitchen, which is moisture. Not saying that the cushions are wet, but because the cushions have you know, a texture to them that is also smooth, if that makes sense. You know how leather or even, you know, artificial leather, when you sit on it, it like gets warmed up and then you kind of stick to it. Like, I feel like you're probably getting the same thing just in the area where you're getting the contact from the finish to the actual fabric itself. Now, what you could do if you are committing to a specific side of the cushion that will always be the top, you could sew something almost like a canvas or a moleskin or something on the bottom that gives it, you know, more movement, but is also more of a breathable fabric. The only issue is it might come sliding off, but it won't stick. Oh, that, that's an excellent idea. So half the cushion would be fabric and the, the part that's touching the wood. Right. The bottom side would be a fabric that's more of like a backer or a base, like a canvas or a duck cloth. Now, these, these are not only the, the bottom cushion, but also the back that touch, touches wood as well. Uh, so fabric all the way where it touches the wood. Is there anything that can salvage the finish of the wood without just taking it down to bare wood? Do you find that when you have the cushions off for some time that it sort of re-solidifies or re-cures or no? No, it doesn't. It remains tacky. Although I have to admit, I've not tested that out for a great length of time. I mean, like a month or something. I mean, it might be worth it just to do, not to take it all the way down to bare wood, but to get something like a liquid sander. Um, it comes in a bottle. You'll find it in, you know, any home center in that paint and stain aisle. And then just put that on. You sort of brush it on or wipe it on in the area and just let it have like a little bit of tack to it. Maybe just then hand sand it a little bit with a sanding sponge and then just apply your stain or your finish to that exact spot or do that whole railing. It sounds to me like you have like a slatted back and a slatted seat perhaps. So I would just do the boards, the boards that have the issues to it, you know, not the rest of the frame. Sounds like an excellent idea. So liquid sander and fabric on the back of the cushion. It's worth a shot. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Wendy in Arkansas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a uh, mobile home. Um, it's So there's there's no attic space. Um, and recently I had a, a leak in my roof in my bedroom and it started out just a, a water stain on the ceiling. Um, it's approximately 12 inches wide, 24 inches long. But here recently in the past few weeks, it looks like it's growing mold. Um, it's a, a spot about the size of a dinner plate that it's real dark black mold. So I'm, I'm concerned that it may be black mold. And I don't know if, is there something that I can do? To, to fix this, uh, like with primer or paint and, you know, maybe bleach or something to kill the mold? Or is it something, am I going to have to replace the sheetrock 
in the ceiling. Well, first of all, do you think that you've dealt with the leak, that there's no more, there's no longer a leak there? Well, I have a, a metal roof, and I think what has happened is the, the rain, it, it came a really, really bad storm, and it was blowing all different directions, and I think the, the water actually blew under, it blew up under the, the metal on the roof. I don't think it's actually a leak, because I haven't ever had right, any So here's what you need to know. If, if your ceiling gets stained like that from a leak, you can't just paint over it because the stain will come through. So what you have to do first is you have to prime it. So get an alkyd-based primer or an oil-based primer, water or oil-based, it doesn't matter, and paint over that spot. Then once you've painted over with the primer, then you can paint, put the finish coat on top of that. But the, paint, the primer has to be done first. If you're concerned that it's mold and you want to make sure it's not, then I would take about a, about a 15 to 20% bleach solution. So maybe like one part bleach, three parts water, something like that can make it a bit stronger. Spray it down in that moldy area, let it sit for 15 to 20 minutes, and then clean it off. And then proceed with the with the primer and the paint. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I, I can't you know see the other side of the sheetrock. Uh, because there is no attic space. Well, right now it's a fairly small spot, so let's just deal with that and and then move on. I wouldn't make a bigger problem out of it just yet. We think the leak was a one-time situation, so now we just have to deal with this. Um, you know, it's most likely a leak stain that you're looking at and not mold. Um, I'm pretty sure it's mold. <laughs> it, 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 one one spot, spot, it does look you know, fuzzy, like, you know, it's a white. There's a product called a five-minute mold test, and it's actually a swab within almost like a little tubey thing, and you just swab the area that you think is mold and pop it in there, and you'll actually get a reading within five minutes telling you if it's mold. And I think, does it also tell you the type of mold, Tom? I think it might, and they have a consulting service, too, that will follow up with you on the result and tell you what they recommend you do about it. Okay, well, great. That certainly helps. I'll give it a try. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit. Well, if you've got a worn out or a cracked or just a generally kind of yucky looking concrete driveway, walkway, or patio, that yucky is a technical term. I I just want to make that clear. (laughs) highly technical. It may seem at first that the only option you have is to totally tear it out and replace it, but that is not the case. So my buddy had a concrete driveway that was cracked and it was spalled. Spalling is where like the surface kind of wears off and it usually happens. So you see a lot of the aggregate? Yeah, you start to see the stone and, and usually it happens because of the rock salt that they use on the roadways. Because, you know, he wasn't really using any kind of corrosive salt in the winter at his house, but you know, it drips off the car. So wherever you are, if they're using any kind of corrosive salt, it's going to drip on your driveway. And anyway, the surface had just kind of worn and it was really looking nasty. And, and his wife was kind of bugging him about it. She didn't like to look at it either. So he's ready to tear it out and go with asphalt. I said, wait a minute, the concrete is structurally sound. It's got a few minor cracks and that surface we can fix. And I told him about that new QuickCrete product called Recap. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, it sticks to concrete like crazy. And he was able to put a whole new surface on it in literally one day. And that looks fantastic. Saved him a bunch of money. And he's still got the concrete driveway.
Yeah, you know, recap is a great solution if you want to renew any sort of old or worn-looking concrete patios, sidewalks, even driveways with a permanent wear-resistant surface at truly a fraction of the cost to replace it. It's a DIY-friendly project. You just mix, pour, and then spread the concrete resurfacer over that surface as long as it's cleaned with a 3,500 PSI pressure washer, and you should let it dry out, too. Yeah, and the key here is recap's uncanny ability to bond to the old concrete. It's actually four times stronger than the concrete itself. This means that whatever you have resurfaced with Recap, whether it's a patio, a sidewalk, or a driveway, it's going to last a really, really long time, and you won't have to replace it. So good stuff. Highly recommend it for all of those yucky concrete surfaces. (laughs) Kathy in Arizona is on the line and needs some help cleaning the garage. What can we do for you? Well, we bought this house last fall, and the garage floor is, I'm sure, grease from the cars, but I don't know how to clean it up. I'm just wondering if I can do that myself or if I've got to hire somebody to do that. I think you can do it yourself. Um, you, What you want to do is pick up some trisodium phosphate. It's known as TSP. You'll see it in the hardware store or paint aisle of a home center. Mix that up into a paste-like consistency and cover the area of the stain. Let it sit for a while and then wash it out. Now, old oil stains are among the most difficult to take up, um, but it will brighten it up a bit. And if you want it to be cleaner than that, what I would do is I would wash the floor, let it dry really well, and then paint it. You could use an epoxy painting, garage floor painting system. It's a two-part epoxy that's chemical cured. So you mix the two parts of the paint together, you apply it to the floor, uh, and then you wait an hour or two, and it, it basically hardens right up for you. And then it'll be a lot easier to clean after that. Okay, but... So I can still put that epoxy over if I don't get all this grease up? No, once you clean up the grease, as I mentioned, you may it may the grease may be up but it might still be stained and if you wanted to make it look nicer then you could paint it. Yeah, because the the beginning part of this kit is usually like an etching compound that sort of prepares the floor to receive the coating. So if you can just get the actual grease off, even though the stain is there, it'll prepare it so that it will adhere to it. All right. Okay. All right, thank you. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So, Leslie, I've got this new line of products I've been checking out from Sunday. It's at GetSunday.com. They make non-toxic lawn care products, and I love it because they ship you exactly what you need. You go to their website, put in your address. They actually instantly find your house in all of the, from all the satellite services across it's the country. It's really cool. You put Scary in your address. Scary cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, that's my house. Oh, wait, I told you that was my house. There's my kids playing in the backyard. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's house. like... 
But it's really cool because they can figure out the lawn cover so you don't have to like measure and they send you exactly what you need to dress up your lawn. And this summer has been so hot. I've been browning out a lot. So I put it on about two weeks ago now, actually, and it's really starting to brighten things up. It looks really good. It's getting that fresh green look all over again. So uh, they're giving our listeners a uh, a $20 off coupon, too. If you go to GetSunday.com and you enter promo code MONEYPIT, you'll get 20 bucks off. So I recommend you guys check it out because I'm pretty impressed with this company. They're really doing it right. And again, non-toxic products. You know, when I used to have a lawn service, they would put those little flags that say, keep pets off the lawn, you know, for so many days and things like that. Not with this stuff. Pets and kids can play on the lawn immediately. There's nothing there harmful, totally non-toxic, and it works really, really well. Well, new kitchens are expensive, but restoring older cabinets so they look new isn't. Now, as long as your cabinets are structurally sound, you know, you don't want them dented or delaminated or anything like that. But if they're in good shape, then they're a good candidate for refacing or painting. So let's talk about those options. Now, kitchen cabinet refacing, that involves replacing the doors and the veneer on existing laminate or wood boxes. And it's really a job for a pro, but it truly is less expensive than getting brand new cabinets. And the quality of the existing cabinetry and the new materials applied also will impact the end product. So if you have really solid original cabinets, this truly could be a great option for you. And a lot of older cabinets actually are built far better than newer ones. So that's why that is oh, such sure. an attractive uh, option. I love those old birch cabinets. They don't look so great, but man, they are rock solid. Now, in addition to refacing, you could also simply refinish or paint. And it's becoming more popular now than ever before. I love the fact that there are so many new cabinet designs that are based not on just a clear finish and a beautiful wood tone, but to a nice white or a colonial blue or a beautiful color like that. And you can take those old cabinets that were maybe stained and paint them. Or if you want to restain them, you can. But the first thing you need to do is just kind of check the structure, make sure they're good quality cabinets so you can sand them without anything happening, like them falling apart, or you cutting through a really ridiculously thin veneer, or finding that it's delaminating and you have some other issue to deal with. But once you get them sanded down, you can prime them. And I do recommend you use a type of primer called a high bond primer. Basically, it means it sticks really well. High bond, in other words, it bonds to the surface perfectly. And then I would use an oil-based finish or a solvent-based finish for the top coats, only because it's basically more durable, it's harder, it doesn't chip as easily. And you can redo all of those cabinets, you know, literally in a weekend or two. What I would suggest you do is take all the drawers out, take the cabinet doors off and basically paint the boxes separate from the doors and the drawers. And again, make sure that you sand them well, you prime them properly, and you can have a beautiful new kitchen without nearly the expense of renewing all those cabinets. Yeah, and you know what? Once that's done, you can even go further and give the cabinets a little bit more pizzazz. You know, add some new hardware. Think about a different finish. It's okay to mix metals. You know, brass and that sort of like brushed bronze. Like, it's really beautiful in a kitchen space, and I think it sort of modernizes it. So you can actually take a more traditional cabinet and put a more interesting hardware on it, and suddenly it's a completely different look in addition to the new color or the new face on it. So don't stop with just redoing those cabinets. Really give it that new Next step. Excellent advice. Now we're heading to South Dakota where David's on the line. What can we do for you today? Yes, thanks for taking my call. I just had my uh, 120-year-old house uh, sided with with new vinyl siding. I got relatively new vinyl windows. And I'm curious, do I caulk between the J-channel and the window frame? 
on the outside? No, you don't have to. Okay, it's not necessary? No, it's not necessary. Um, it should be watertight the way if the installers put it in correctly. It should be watertight as it is. Uh, if they needed, if it needed to be caulked, they would have done that. I know it looks like there's a big gap there, but but that's pretty typical. And you ge- you generally don't have to caulk between the back of the J channel and the side of the window. Yeah, I was just worried about if it rains from a certain angle, it's going to you know wick down through that gap and then run behind the siding. Usually, that's pretty tight and that won't happen. I mean, there's no reason you can't caulk it, but I don't necessarily think you have to do it. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. Okay, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Tom in New Jersey, you've got the money pit. How can we help you? We have a problem here. Uh, we have double-pane windows, and the seal broke in one of them. And I was wondering if I could repair it myself by using clear cork around the entire perimeter when the window becomes clear, as it sometimes does. If that does not work, would I make it difficult for a professional to replace the window the entire window by doing what a, you know the caulking job. So what's happening here is you have a thermal pane window and the seal, which is called swiggle, uh, deteriorated and led moisture in, and that's why you have the fogging. And the reason that sometimes it fogs and sometimes it's clear is because it really depends on what the temperature is inside and outside and uh, whether it's got condensation in there or not. Uh, it can't be repaired as you've described. You know. Could you try to seal that when it happens to be clear? Would that have maybe some minor effect? It could, but I just don't think you're going to stop it, and I wouldn't even bother trying with it. Your choices are to either live with it, because the good news is that while it's unattractive, it doesn't significantly impact its energy efficiency, um, or you could replace the window or just the glass itself. But I think if you were to order new glass for that window, you may find it to be almost as expensive as doing the window itself. So I would probably tell you just to live with it or replace the window but to, to try to, to caulk it, I don't think it's going to have any impact whatsoever. Actually, that's a great idea, though. No one's ever asked me that question. So kudos for the effort. 888-666-3974. Well, fall is ahead, and now's the time to take a good look at your gutters because they're actually a really important component that can prevent serious structural problems from starting. And I think the gutters don't get appreciated enough for this, but we're going to walk you through the best options for new and improved gutters in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Yeah, you know, gutters perform one duty, and that's controlling the water around your home. But if gutters are missing, disconnected, or clogged, you could be facing major and expensive home repairs. Now, not managing the water around your home can cause flooded basements, cracked foundations and sidewalks, leaky roofs, and even lead to wood-destroying insects finding a meal in your home. Yep, that's right. So when you're picking out new gutters, the most common types are vinyl and aluminum. Now, the vinyl gutters are going to range in price from around 4 to 8 bucks a linear foot, and the least expensive vinyl gutters can be very thin, so they can sag and become brittle in extreme temperatures. So you might as well pay a little bit more for better quality vinyl gutters. Now, these gutters also tend to leak more than aluminum gutters, so you may be facing some frequent repairs. So while they could be potentially a bit easier to install because they're more sectional, there are some downsides to it. Now, aluminum gutters tend to be much more durable. They're going to range in price from $6 to $12 per linear foot, but they're going to stand up to so much more. Now, aluminum gutters are installed by pros who will custom build a single gutter for each roof section and then plan for the appropriate amount of downspouts to make sure that those gutters don't back up during a very heavy rainfall. 
Yeah. And, you know, the fact that they can back up, that's what leads to all the structural problems. Because if you think about it, you get wet basements, you get flooded foundations, you get slippery sidewalks, all sorts of bad things. So really important to keep them in good shape. Now, once the gutters are installed, they do need to be kept clean. The do-it-yourself gutter cleaning is simple enough, but it can be a dangerous job for the untrained weekend warrior. So in the alternative, there are many types of gutter guarded systems on the market to choose from, and all of them offer some sort of protection for your gutter at varying costs. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Find top local pros, book, and even pay for over 100 everyday projects with clear upfront pricing on the HomeAdvisor app. To get started, download the HomeAdvisor app today. Linda in Ohio is on the line and needs some advice on purchasing a generator. How can we help you? By the way, great idea. Is it possible to use a generator when you live in an apartment? So are you talking about what kind of generator, like a portable generator or a standby generator? Uh, basically standby if, if my power goes out. So, I mean, for an apartment, you have to understand that a standby generator or a whole house generator is something that's permanently installed, Linda. So the answer would be no. That said, um, you could use a portable generator, but of course you'd have to run wires, you know, extension cords from the generator itself into the house. So it's not very convenient. There is something called a transfer switch that can work for a portable generator where it's kind of like having a mini electrical panel inside. Um, But again, it's something that requires some installation and generally when it's an apartment You can't do that. So the only thing you could really do would be to have a portable generator, one that you took out of storage, put outside because you can't run it in the apartment, and then run extension cords in to to try to deal with that short-term, hopefully, power outage. Wow, that sounds like... It would be difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best answer, but I mean, it's, it's see, because generators are something that are permanently installed into the building's sort of core electrical system, mm-hmm. and that's why it's real important that they be done correctly. You can't, um, you know, when you install these transfer switches inside, they have um, technology built into them to prevent what's called a back feed, so that electricity doesn't go back through the wiring and can uh, hurt a lineman, for example, that's working on the power power line. So you can't really run it without the transfer switch, and that has to be permanently installed. And the generator itself is a, is a very big appliance. That said, a portable generator, you know, is much smaller. Now, if you just want to power a couple of things, you know, you could use a very small generator. Uh, Generac has one uh, that's called the IQ that's 2,000 watts that's under 1,000 bucks uh, and will you know, power a fair number of, of household uh, items, small appliances, lights, that sort of thing. But you have some options there. But again, you have to use an extension cord. Okay. Well, thank you. All right, Linda, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Maureen in Nebraska writes, I live in Nebraska with extreme heat in the summer and cold in the winter. I have a cement patio that I would like to repaint, but I'm looking for the best paint options and wondering if they make an outdoor epoxy finish. I did etch the cement before the first time I painted it and I plan on sanding it before I repaint. Yeah, I mean, you don't really need to remove the old finish for a concrete. As long as it's well adhered, you can paint over that. Now, there are epoxy finishes that work well for patios, and it's the same epoxy finish that you would use on a garage. These epoxy floor finishes are essentially two parts. They're mixed together, and then once they're mixed, you have a set amount of working time to get them applied, usually in hour to two hours. So sometimes you have to 
work in sections, but one very good manufacturer is Abatron, A-B-A-T-R-O-N. Not a product you will find at the home centers, one you will buy online. The company's been around forever and is really good at what they do, and they have a set of epoxy finishes that's super durable. They also have options for different types of decorative elements that you can add to them. The only thing that you can't do, Leslie, I think, in a situation like this is paint one of your fancy uh, rug patterns on it, right, to make it look like an outdoor carpet? No, I think this is more of like, you know, one color, or if you're doing like a very large pattern, that's more of like a large overscale checkerboard type. Like you, you can't really get super creative with these. Right, but they're super durable and they adhere very well, which is key, especially uh, Maureen living in Nebraska. You've got uh, you know a rough winter there, and that's when that finish can really get attacked. So give it a shot. I think it will come out very well. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Deborah. Now, Deb writes, I have a dog whom I cannot keep from jumping and scratching the inside of my front and back doors. They've been refinished twice, and she continues to damage them. I would like to either refinish them again or replace them, but I cannot think of clever, practical, or decorative ways to protect my doors. Any suggestions? I guess getting rid of the dog is out, huh? Right. <laughs> but I wonder, you know, the, is it called a kick plate, that beautiful piece of brass or any other kind of metal that's sort of on, like, the bottom six inches or so of the door like i wonder if that's enough i don't know where her dog is sort of scratching on i was thinking similarly except i was thinking that you could use a piece of lexan which is the really most durable type of like plexiglass and maybe just have it covered the bottom half of the door and attached to the door so that the dog would be scratching scratching the the plastic the lexan and not scratching the door and if it gets really scratched up then you can just replace the plastic and the door still looks really good so i think we're on kind of the same theme on that so we can't train the dog and perhaps there is a way to train the dog to do that but if not You've got to think of a covered covering like that. And there's no finish we can tell you that's going to stand up to that kind of punishment from the dog. So I think you're looking at some sort of a protective cover that you could add to that, Deborah. So I think uh, something clear like the Lexan would work. Or, or maybe one that looks like a cat and it'll scare the dog away. <laughs> you never know. There you go. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, thanks so much for spending this early September weekend with us. We hope that uh, you've picked up a trick or two about a project you'd like to get done around your house. If you visit moneypit.com, we've always got lots of resources there to help with a wide range of projects around your space. If you've got a project you're planning for the future and you don't know how to get started, you don't know where to get started, you don't know if you can do it yourself, or not, pick up the phone anytime and call us at one eight 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 Money Pit. If we're not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.